Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you are welcome to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Aria. Uh, phones are open. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Coming up, uh, some pretty disturbing news out of the European Union, where they are now targeting cryptocurrency wallets. They're trying to. Oh, I saw that. They're basically like banning private wallets, right? They're trying to outlaw, yeah, basically non custodial wallets and anonymous cryptos, as I understand it. We can talk about that uh, coming up here. And uh, your calls and thoughts, though, coming first. We're going to go to the phones. Also, nobody wants to talk about the latest Pfizer data dump that has come out that was supposed to take 75 years to be revealed they uh, were forced by a court to start letting the data out every single month some large amount of it and you've been eyeballing some of it nobody's well um i've seen reports of people who have been by eyeballing it i haven't looked at it directly so we'll get into uh, that as well and apparently Arya, you've got a story about fear-mongering regarding the bird flu now yeah we're, we're all gonna die the latest thing uh but first we knew that we go to <laughs> sam <laughs> yes but the media didn't seem to get that memo oh wow we go to Sam in Ohio. Go ahead, Sam. So do you think after the Ukraine craziness, bird flu is going to be the next thing? Is well, that what you guys are thinking? Because I was almost thinking it was going to be environmental. Like we had COVID, we had Ukraine. Mm. Seems like something's next. Honestly, I, I, don't I don't think, think they can do another uh, another pandemic right away. I think the... Uh, I think too many people have gotten skip, uh, gotten hip to the lies from the last pandemic. They're going to have to come so. up with something newer. I just and don't so see the U.S. surviving that long, man. Oh, sorry. you think the U.S. is going to go down real quick, like you know, kind of Soviet uh, Russia style? Yeah, I'm thinking two or three years at the most. Going to fall like the Berlin Wall. But the entire USD is built on, you know, U.S. global hegemony and the USD being the world reserve currency. And all of that's evaporating at an alarming rate and a rate that should be alarming to the average American. Mm -hmm. Because without without any of that backing, the USD is just worthless sheets of paper. And they're going to learn that very, very quickly. Yeah. When all those dollars that are held in in foreign reserves come home to roost, it's going to be a lot of inflation. Sorry. Go ahead, Sam. So, Ari, are you talking about the new deals that Saudi Arabia is inking with China in terms of the dollar hegemony? I'm, I'm talking about everything that's happening in regard to the USD right now. As far as I can tell, looking at it from, you know, as far back as I can stand, the USD has already lost its place as the world's reserve currency. It's starting. It's, things are certainly starting to change on the world scene about that. Uh, we know Russia is now demanding payment in rubles for uh, from quote unquote unfriendly countries for their gas and their oil uh, that they wanted to put into place by the thirty first, but due to bureaucracy being the way uh, bureaucracy is, they get, didn't get it done in time. So it may take some number of weeks now before that actually happens. Um, but of course, that's a big deal. Uh, we're starting to see the cracks in the dollar hegemony. That's that's for sure. But Sam, you think it's going to be something environmental? Yeah, I think what they're going to do is like how they locked everybody in their houses for COVID. Oh, you need to stay home because there's too much CO2. You need to stay in place and not thrive to prevent the temperature from not going up three degrees. 
What about all the people who think it's going to be aliens, a fake alien invasion? That that's the most popular one that I've seen out there in conspiracy circles. Is that oh next it's they're gonna fake an alien invasion. Well Paul Krugman said that would be good for the economy. <laughs> well, I mean they already kinda of did try aliens with the whole Area fifty one invasion thing that they did. I don't think anybody was really concerned that Area 51 was an invasion. Uh, well, it's just a bunch is, of trolls, right? Area 51 is a no, theory but what I mean about is the people going there. Hmm. I mean, the people who are going there saying that they were going to attack Area 51. Oh, I remember that from a few years ago. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Mark Edge was talking about going out there for that thing, and then ended up not. Yeah, I suspect uh, the vast majority of people who were going out there for that thing ended up not. That's yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Almost no one went uh, to that. Uh, th- thanks, Sam, for the call tonight. There definitely were some people talking about the um, the theory that the whole COVID lockdowns thing would be used again, but for environmental excuses. I mean, that's right. definitely been something that a lot of people have suggested. Of course, the environmentalists themselves use the lockdowns as you know, supposed evidence of why this needs to happen more often. They say, oh, well, look, well, while people were locked down, the amount of pollution went down. So therefore, we should have lockdowns all the time. Uh, so there's definitely people on that side of the you know the political scene who do Certainly. want to use that as then a tool. let the doors be shut upon them so they can play the fool nowhere but in their own house. Is that Shakespeare? Uh, yes. <laughs> so good at that. Uh, but I don't know. I, I mean, first of all, the Ukraine thing, who knows how long that's going to go on for, right? Like uh, Afghanistan with the U.S. went on for 20 years. Uh, no, I get the feeling that the Ukraine thing is already almost over, though. You think so? That's the feeling. I, from, from what I see in the news, right, uh, Russia is withdrawing and Ukraine is celebrating. And they're like, oh, my God, it's, there's so many war crimes committed by the Russians, which, by the way, I lost the article about it. But apparently there was they found some some swastika carved in a rape victim in Ukraine. And they're blaming the Russians for this. Hmm. And that's insane to me because... The Russians kind of have a little thing with Nazis where they're not a fan of them based yeah. on some stuff that happened in the 40s. They like the their own brand of fascism much better. <laughs> yeah, well, they do. Well, so do, so do Americans. But there's absolutely no circumstance that I can imagine where a Russian soldier is like carving a swastika into someone. Yeah. That's insane. Maybe as a false flag. Unless they thought they were a Nazi. They're, I mean... Mm. You, you could carve a swastika into somebody because you were a Nazi or uh, what was that movie where uh, where the uh, Jewish uh, underground fighter was carving swastikas into the foreheads of Nazis? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I can't remember what that was called. Well, it could have been somebody who was, uh, like you said, false flag, somebody on the Russian side pretending to be... Like, oh, well, the, you know, the Ukrainians would do this, so therefore we're going to carve, carve a swastika. And, of course, that's what a lot of the back and forth is between Russia and Ukraine is it's a bunch of finger pointing saying, oh, well, he did this. No, no, he did this. And mm-hmm. that's the latest. Uh, actually, I've got a story about that. Well, from- and probably they both did that because war crimes are part and parcel with war. And on both sides. Absolutely. Yeah. It's very uh, much like that super uh, Spider-Man meme of all the Spider-Man just sitting there other. pointing at each other. Yeah, yeah that's. Yeah. That's Ukraine. Uh, Bonnie, our producer, says you're thinking of the movie Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Nobody. Yes. That's exactly the movie I'm Quentin thinking Tarantino, of. Quentin Tarantino, I think. Uh, yes. If I recall correctly. We have a producer now. Awesome. Yeah. 
Uh, so, but but here's that's a, very productive. Here's another example of this. Uh, the news about some of the latest headlines coming out of Ukraine is this butchering of civilians allegedly by the Russian troops. You know, they're being accused now of of war crimes. And of course, a week ago, I thought that was just war. Isn't that what people do in war? They is, kill people. Yeah, it is what people do. Well, when you kill the civilians, it's supposed to be a crime. Mm. And uh, war is a crime. And Moscow had claimed that they weren't there to kill civilians; that they were just there to "quote unquote" denazify and demilitarize the Ukraine. But according to RT.com, the website that most of the Western world does not want you to read. They say that Moscow is going to convene an extraordinary meeting of the U.N. Security Council over an incident in the Ukrainian town of Bucha, B-U-C-H-A is how it's spelled. Russia's deputy permanent representative to the organization, Dmitry Polyansky, said on Sunday, Ukraine has accused Russia of massacring civilians in the town, while Moscow is dismissing the incident as having been staged by the Kiev forces. Mm. So who really killed the people of Bucha or Bucca there may whatever. not even be anyone dead, right? <laughs> there may be faking. It's, just it's all crisis actors. Get, yeah. <laughs> get Alex Jones out there. <laughs> I mean, we just don't know at this point. The, the mm-hmm. Russians are blaming the Ukrainians. The Ukrainians are blaming the Russians. And, you know, we really don't have any way of knowing who's telling the truth. And does mm. it even matter? Well, yeah. it does. Yeah. Why? It'd be that... nice to know who, who killed some innocent people. Well, if the Russians killed these particular innocent people, or the Ukrainians did, that doesn't mean that the other side is suddenly less guilty of killing other innocent people. True. No, it just means the side that did it is more guilty. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, more coming up here. You can share your thoughts. The number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. And your predictions about what sort of quote-unquote crisis will be coming next. Is it environmental? Is it another bird flu? Apparently there's bird flu in the news now, and Arya's going to tell us about it on the way. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open here. You can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can bring up anything that's on your mind. And in the studio tonight, it's Ian... The nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And Aria. And don't forget, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. You can head over to Bitcoin.com and learn about some of the basics regarding cryptocurrency. And that is an important thing to do if you're planning on getting involved. I saw a statistic, I think it was like NBC News did a, like a half hour long piece about Bitcoin recently. Wow. Yeah, Holland Cook posted it on uh, his Twitter profile. That's how I found it. And so I, just, I wanted to watch it just to see, you know, what's the mainstream media saying here? And one of the interesting statistics that they uh, they shared was that it was, I think, about 20, just a little over 20%. So roughly one out of five Americans have purchased or at some point had some sort of uh, holding in cryptocurrency at this point. Wow. That's surprising. So that's actually a really good uh, percentage as far as considering we're 13 years into this experiment to have one out of five Americans saying that they've already been involved is uh, is pretty, I think, ex- excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to learn the basics, you should go over to Bitcoin.com and they can help you out with that. Uh, just head to Bitcoin.com, click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once again, that's Bitcoin.com. Plus, if you are not brand new to crypto, you can go to their news section over at news.bitcoin.com to get the latest news headlines as well. In fact, we're going to get into a story about uh, cryptocurrency and the European Union apparently beginning a crackdown 
on private wallets. We'll talk about that uh, on the way here. But we are talking right now about... You the, will own nothing and you will be happy. That's, uh, that's <laughs> what the World Economic Forum wants you to believe. And so we, uh, we're going to get into this bird flu thing, plus some of the, uh, the latest revelations uh, from the Pfizer data for people who hadn't been paying attention prior to the Pfizer uh, data coming out, because apparently it's backing up all the things the quote-unquote conspiracy uh, theorists were saying. Yeah, most of what Pfizer is saying is, uh, would, be, uh, would, would get them kicked off social media. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, just a quick story here from RT.com about the war crimes that apparently happened in Bucha, which is, uh, I guess, a Ukrainian town. Is where... that near Bucharest? Not clear. On uh, I, I actually don't know where it is, but apparently there were some civilians who were allegedly massacred in the town, and the Ukrainian goons are saying it was the Russian goons, and the Russian goons are saying it was the Ukrainian goons, and Russia is now demanding a meeting of the UN Security Council to be convened as of today. They say they will bring to light the presumptuous Ukrainian provocateurs and their Western patrons, said the Russian spokesperson. Graphic footage mm. from Bucha, a town to the northwest. How, how is it? I, I really need to know. How is it that we finally live in a world where information can travel across the globe instantaneously, where people can record stuff live mm-hmm. as it's happening, and yet we're still sitting here asking, which one this? of these people do we believe? There should be video evidence documenting that one of these sides is a liar. But here in the age of information, with everyone having a cell phone, we're still sitting here. What this if they butchered well, everyone, though? I mean, I get your point, but what if they literally surely, killed everyone? Surely somebody well, will put out a phone live and live streaming stream streamed While it. you get butchered, True. then, you know, you've got a live stream. Right. Yeah. Th- th- this is really starting to bug me because we would have had exactly this amount of information if this had occurred in 1932. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is a lot of the Internet infrastructure is controlled by governments and government contr- uh, and government uh, beholden corporations, which all corporations are beholden to the government for their very existence. One or the, the other, government yeah. is the mother of all corporations. True. And uh, and it's also the only corporation with a license to kill, but the uh, and a monopoly on violence. Um, yeah, but if you look at the original design of the internet, okay, the internet was first designed in the '60s, and there was a big concern about nuclear war, and so one of the design considerations was that you had to be able to nuke any six American cities without taking the internet down. Mm -hmm. That was the original uh, design of the internet. And you couldn't easily get on the internet in those days. The only way I could get on was to break into Unix boxes at the... uh, the Colleges, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, University of Michigan School of Engineering. It Mm -hmm. was like learjet.engine.umich.edu was Mm -hmm. the one I usually used. They were all named after planes. Hmm. Um, And the... uh, uh, but but then in the 90s, okay, either Bill Clinton or Al Gore said information superhighway, and, and those of us in the know said, oh, we've already got that. It's called the internet. You mm-hmm. just can't legally use it. Um, and they turned over at that point the backbone of the internet. They created a backbone for the internet, which was originally decentralized, where 
each business or university would have connections to like four or five other businesses and universities and so if you took any one of those out it didn't matter the thing was a mesh Mm -hmm. okay we talk about mesh networking now well the internet was a mesh what changed uh well what changed is when uh when al gore said information superhighway and they started popularizing the uh the internet and normal people started being able to use it they turned the internet over to the major uh the major crony phone companies sprint AT&T uh MCI mm-hmm. um and I actually worked for sprint on an internet uh uh project back in the day but and they built a system where there are hubs scattered through the United States. Interestingly enough, there are six hubs. So if you nuked six American cities, which I think are I mean, this New is York, all great, but it doesn't explain why no one in Ukraine has video of you know, well, these atrocities. What, what they did is they created a controllable system out of and on top of i think a mesh system so it's no the internet is no longer decentralized and that means that internet contact can be stopped if you cut off the major isp in an area most people won't have internet access but this is why elon musk did all of that virtue signaling about setting up starlink in ukraine um, yeah, and it would be it would be it would be really interesting. But you're right. I cannot imagine that this was going on and nobody pulled out their phone because yeah, at least in America, whatever something weird is going on, everybody pulls out their right. phone, and that's how we get the video of of atrocities by police officers and yeah. And we and haven't heard kind of, uh, of any internet outages. I mean, except for early on, there was apparently a limited one very very early in the initial alleged bombings, and then the lady there was actually a lady that called in that said that they had service restored the next day. So we certainly haven't you know again not that we're there we don't know what things are really like mm-hmm. on the ground. Maybe they did flip off the internet in this town. Uh, before they went in and distra- decided to just start massacring people. I, that, that is a very realistic possibility. Yeah, it, I'd certainly like to know. Something has to have happened in a technical sense. Either that or they're scrubbing the Internet way more effectively than they used to. We're going to continue here. Uh, your calls and thoughts are welcome. Or it didn't really happen and there was nobody there to live There's stream. that too. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about this uh, alleged butchering of people, supposed civilians in Bucha, appropriately named. Butchering in Bucha. 
Mm -hmm. uh, where there were allegedly uh, graphic footage came out over, I guess, the weekend in a town northwest of Kiev showing multiple bodies clad in civilian clothing scattered uh, scattered around. Kiev was quick to blame the Russian military for the incident, with Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitro Koleba alleging that it was a, quote, deliberate massacre. He said the Bucha massacre was deliberate. Russians aim to eliminate as many Ukrainians as they can. We must stop them and kick them out. I demand new devastating G7 sanctions now, he said on Twitter. It's interesting that um, what the Ukrainian guy is saying is, I want sanctions. Mm -hmm. What Putin is saying is, I want people to convene and look at the information. Now, that to me bolsters Putin's credibility and damages uh, Zelensky. Of course, most people will never hear what Putin said then that to me damages the credibility of the United States and and the rest of the world governments. Yep, I tend to agree. And of course, the Western politicians have, naturally were quick to back Kiev's claims with NATO chief Jens Stoltenberg branding the incident, quote, a brutality against civilians we haven't seen in Europe for decades. He said it's horrific and it's absolutely unacceptable that civilians are targeted and killed. And it's just underlines the importance of that this war must end. And that is Putin's responsibility to stop the war. Who, who was it that said this? This is the head of NATO. OK, so the, the same organization that uh, killed all of those journalists that, you know, got Julian Assange famous for. Right. What, what was that? Operation Collateral Damage. That was the, collateral the United damage video. States, not NATO. Well, this is, they're one of the same, right? The U.S. Um, is involved. The U.S. is probably the uh, I, I would say that they are a leading participant in NATO, but uh but the uh, the Iraq war was more specific. NATO didn't technically go because NATO is the North Atlantic Treaty Organization and their uh, their mandate is basically only in Europe. Although they have bombed Africa, I think I think there have been NATO operations in Africa. So I may be wrong there. So I'm willing to bet that this NATO leader, though, he's American. With a name like Jens, J-E-N-S? I don't think so. Stoltenberg? Doesn't sound like an Yeah, to it me. sounds kind of Scandinavian sounds to me or German. Uh, but either way, you know, we are still dealing with politicians and they are not honest people. Uh, of course, again, not to believe necessarily the Russians, but I think you make a great point here, nobody, is that the Russians are saying, all right, let's look at this. Uh, Moscow has rejected any involvement, accusing Kiev of staging the whole affair to frame Russian troops. The country's defense ministry said Russian troops pulled out of the town on March 30th with the local mayor confirming this in a video address a day later without mentioning, quote, any local residents laying shot in the streets unquote the purported which is the sort of thing one mentions the purported quote evidence of the incident emerged four days after the withdrawal when ukrainian intelligence and quote representatives of ukrainian television arrived in town 
The military added, stressing that multiple multiple inconsistencies show the affair, quote, has been staged by the Kiev regime for Western media. It would be interesting to find out the nature of the population of, of Bucha. Bucha. Uh, Bucha, Bucha. Because, you know, the, the big question there, if a government's going to do that to their own people, they're probably going to choose uh, what is locally considered an undesirable minority. So it would be really interesting to find out if there is anything notable about the population of that particular place. Well, it sounds to me like it was just staged entirely, like there was no massacre. They just brought in a bunch of, you know, fake corpses or corpses that they shipped in from somewhere else. And they just threw those out in the streets and got the media to film it. Well, that would be easily unraveled because all you would have to do is is find out who was living there and then locate those people if they're still alive. Yeah, somewhere. but the West isn't going to do that. They're That's just gonna, true. They're just going to condemn Putin. And the Putin's going to be like, no, evaluate to- this. But Russia can't send in, you know, an independent team to investigate the facts. I think they do mm. have RT journalists down there. Uh, so I, I believe that I've seen some RT reports filed from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So they can, I believe, send their reporters in there. They're obviously at high risk of something happening. I mean, they can send it. Yeah, but they can't send in like a U.N. investigation team. Like, you know, in theory. Like, well, that's why they want the U.N., isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's normally what one would do in one of these situations. Yeah. But the West is never going to allow it because they're they're just ready to condemn. Putin the West it. doesn't always have the ability to stop the un from doing things mm-hmm. although they do have the the they do have a veto over the un security council um but i don't know i don't know if they could stop stop the investigation from going forward well time will tell and you know i just wanted to bring this up is the latest allegation against the russians from ukraine and of course the russians are saying the reverse is true uh, so again, we don't know what is true when it comes to what's going on over in Ukraine. However, we do know that the Western media and the Western governments of the world do not want you to hear the Russian side of the news. So that's why I think it's important to present it, uh, because they simply are not getting a fair uh, shake. And we also know that the United States government is guilty of war crimes. And Many times we know over. that uh, they never get sanctioned for Biden either. has done nothing to uncover and prosecute those war crimes right. that that uh, Donald Trump did nothing to uncover and prosecute those war crimes that Barack Obama did nothing to uncover and prosecute those war crimes so basically we know that this is that whenever Biden talks about war crimes that he is imp- uh, complicit in yeah. in past war crimes at least and that that he has zero credibility. It's the pot calling the kettle black. It's worse than that, though. Not only are they not doing anything against those war criminals, they're going the opposite direction and, and punishing people like Julian, Julian Assange. Assange and Edward Snowden and people like that for uh, you know Bradley or Chelsea Manning now uh, for revealing the truth about the United States government and all of its evils. And again, people around the rest of the world have not sanctioned the United States over its invasion of Afghanistan or Iraq. And they uh, should. I mean, yeah. as an American, I say sanction that go- sanction our government. Weaken uh, them, please, in any way that you can. But it doesn't weaken them. As we've seen, sanctions only affect the people um, for the most part. I don't know that I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I mean, happy people don't generally 
revolt. That's Unhappy true. people revolt. And but has so, that ever happened? Has it ever have, happened have where have sanctions people revolted due to sanctions? Um, I don't know that people have ever revolted only during sanctions mm-hmm. because only because of sanctions. Because if you sanction a popular government, then the then you're going to create a bunker mentality. Um, but I think sanctioning an unpopular government could definitely, um, you know, it make it, it didn't easier. flip Venezuela. It did not flip. It did not flip Venezuela. Um, and that was and a it powder keg. Flipped, it should have uh, Cuba either. Yeah, it didn't um, get anywhere. They didn't get anywhere. The, like the CIA's guy didn't even have a chance down in uh, in Venezuela. Yeah, but I've never popular. been a big fan of punishing innocent people for things their governments did. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, because I, we don't actually I mean, have I agree any influence. with you in general. Although I feel a sense of responsibility for the ang- for the actions of the United States government, because although I've tried to stop them, apparently I haven't done so effectively. Um, we have no ability to stop them. Yeah, what can we do? I mean, we speak out about it, but they're going to keep doing what they do until it comes crashing down. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Bird flu, the next fear-mongering exercise. Aria's got a story about that it's on the way. The bird. And then also that'll tie into uh, the more information from Pfizer that nobody wants to share with us. Coming up tonight. Uh, and also a European Union, another crackdown on freedom from those folks against the crypto industry. Coming up. Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us here. And the number for you is 603-283-6160. Ian, Nobody, and Aria in the studio tonight. Join us online anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com. And enjoy features like our social media platform, which we run. It's on our server. It is a open source Free software, uh, federated system, and it works pretty well. You can head over to social.freetalklive.com. It's a lot like Twitter in how it operates, except it doesn't have the big evil mega corporation behind the scenes. In fact, I know nobody wanted to talk about the uh, Twitter news today, and that is that uh, Elon Musk has purchased over 9% of all the Twitter stock, apparently. And I find that interesting because, you know, Jack Dorsey, who is a huge Bitcoin advocate, is focusing on Square and he's actively trying to pull away from Twitter to focus on projects that he's more passionate about. Did you see, speaking of Jack Dorsey, did you see his sort of, I don't know if you want to call it a mea culpa, um, but he spoke out recently saying he regrets his role in centralizing the internet. No, I'm not surprised to hear that, though. That sounds like Jack Dorsey. Right. This is the same guy who sat through all of these Senate hearings looking bored. Right. He's being interrogated by the by the legislature of the United States government. He's sitting there bored. Yeah, there is. You know, I've been thinking about Elon Elon Musk's purchase of uh, of Twitter a lot. And it occurs to me that it's almost impossible to spawn a Twitter replacement right now because what Trump Twitter, failed miserably at it. What Twitter provides is an audience. Okay. Sure. Well, they've been around for more than a decade. So what if Trump 
and the investors in truth, instead mm-hmm. of trying to start their own platform, had bought Twitter stock. Mm. Okay. And just as Elon Musk did, what if a whole bunch of people, large and small, formed a coalition of free speech advocates and bought up an interest in Twitter? They've already got I wouldn't trust it. 9.2%. The thing is, once you have um have the board and remember most of the people who own Twitter stock own Twitter stock because they want to make money. Mm-hmm. Okay? And what Twitter is doing is anti-profit. They are alienating a full half of the population of the United States. That makes them much less profitable than they potentially could be. So it makes sense as a business proposition and it makes sense as a moral proposition, I think, to replace some of the people at Twitter um, and by, we could get them to add "Don't be evil" into their into their corporate <laughs> policy. That'll that'll the, fix it. it. It takes more than policy. You have to put good people in place. And it's I get it. My point was that you know that Google in a corporation used to, than in a uh, government. That, mm. My my point was that Google used to have that right. You know, Google started out with a policy of "Don't be evil," and they had good people. And now now look at them. Now it's terrible. They're yeah. completely evil. I don't see any. Trying to get Twitter to not be evil is like trying to get the U.S. government to follow the Constitution. It's it's just never going to happen. I, I disagree, because the U.S. Hmm. government is answerable to nobody. Not me, well. the other nobody. <laughs> um, and, the, uh, and they have a license to kill. Twitter hmm. doesn't have a license to kill. Twitter doesn't have the ability to rig elections, okay? Shareholder regulations are they not They kicked off Donald Trump. Ballot. That's pretty close to having the ability to rig an they election. They have the ability to rig U.S. elections, but they don't have the ability to rig their shareholder votes because okay. shareholder votes are not done by secret ballot. You know exactly. It's published who voted and how they voted and if people's votes are recorded in some way other than the vote they cast they can stand up and say no i didn't vote that way that's why secret ballot is a terrible idea how much do, does anyone know how much musk had to actually spend to buy 9% of twitter stocks um well the easy uh you'd you'd have to look up the market cap although mm-hmm. the price of twitter stock has risen since he... It's gone up about 25%. Um, yeah, so basically what you'd want to do is look at the market capital of Twitter. Apparently $40 billion. Uh, Okay, $40 billion. Uh, reduce that by Jesus. 20%. I got, seven. okay, 73.5 million shares. Okay, worth about $3 billion is what I got. That was what he, he paid in? Yes. Okay. Okay. About three billion dollars. Uh, so, so that's a pretty you, tall order. I mean, if it's, Elon Musk, it's a tall order. But the thing is, um, you know, a thousand people putting in a thousand dollars each is a million. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, a billion people putting in a thousand dollars each is a billion. Okay, yeah, but then uh, I have to trust nine hundred and ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine other people. 
Um, not really. It, I mean, you would have if you were going to buy the stock and give the proxy to some to Elon Musk, for example, you would have to trust Elon Musk. Mm. Um, well, I would have to trust these at least five hundred thousand and one other people to not do things that are antithetical to free speech, right? Um, I'd have to trust that no, they were actually well, if, yes, because that's what it means that they're shareholders too. They can affect the outcome of the thing of affect corporate direction just as much as I can. Uh, they certainly can, but you don't. But you know that there will be stockholders who are um, who are opposed to you mm-hmm. in this. So you don't have to trust all of the stockholders not to be opposed to you. You have to know that some of the stockholders will be opposed to you, and that those are the people you're working against. Um, you know, you sounds like it would be better for me to just have my own social media platform instead of trying to convince you know four hundred ninety nine thousand okay. people to be fr- well. The pro problem free speech. is when you tweeted, to it, then then what you would get is something like um, you know we already have that we have we have several we have Shire Social we have uh, Free Keen we have the Matrix. Um, and we have, uh, I can't think of the name of our Twitter or, or of our, uh, our instance of, uh, the Mastodon, the Mastodon, it's social.freetalklive.com. And we've okay. got all of about 400 users and probably only a fraction of them are actually active. Uh, yeah. And that's the problem is you create an echo chamber where you're talking to yourself or you're talking to people who agree with you. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying, nobody. It's in, you've got an interesting proposal, and at the same time, I also totally am where you're coming from on this, Arya. It's like I don't want to get into a fight with a bunch of other stockholders over how to run this uh, mega corporation. If you've got somebody like an Elon Musk who can come in there with billions of dollars, that is no big deal to him. What's he worth? I don't know, hundreds of billions or something like that. Uh, he can come in there and drop three billion, like you know, no big whoop. And if it if it all goes away tomorrow, it's not the end of the world for him. I, I think a lot of people wouldn't want to put money into a corporation that they don't agree with, on the hopes that they might be able to change it someday. Um, yeah, and that is that's the biggest point of resistance that you're going uh, going to to come up against. But because um, couldn't have Musk. I mean, Trump botched up the Trump social. There's no doubt about it. In fact, I actually had it in show prep today mm-hmm. about how it is, quote, doing even worse than you thought. Uh, Trump it's been has, taken over by like bots and spammers and stuff, hasn't wouldn't it? Surprise me. I mean, as we were discussing mm-hmm. uh, earlier today, Mastodon is which is what Trump's using has zero spam control. Right. So uh, it's it's got a lot to uh, to be desired, and I guess they didn't fix the problems when they spent months editing the code of Mastodon in order to release this thing later on. So yeah, I'm he really curious as to what they spent their time doing because you know the logical thing to do if you're starting that is you know you're going to be an um, a target. And so what I would have been doing, just like you can write Telegram bots, there's no reason that you couldn't write Mastodon bots. And they have Telegram Telegram bots for spam control, mm-hmm. so you should be able to develop Mastodon bots sure. for spam control. It's open source, so you and should be able to put whatever you want in there. Exactly. And and the, the, the infrastructure is already there. Uh, at worst, you'd have to add the ability um, to you'd have to add the equivalent of administrator privileges so that the bots would be able to 
uh, delete things or, or ban accounts or whatever. Well, we'll talk about, because, uh, you know, like I said, I've got the story here, and they've got some of the numbers, which are interesting, like how many people are actually there using the Trump social thing. Uh, after roughly a month and a week of it having he been around. He didn't even post to it for the first month, is my He posted once on the first day, and I believe since then has not posted at all. What uh, the hell is he thinking? I don't know. <laughs> the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. we got more coming up. Hour 2 is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Insight Daily Radio Minute. Conversations with today's most interesting artists and creators. Author, humorist, and radio personality Garrison Keillor has been a fixture in popular culture with over 30 best-selling books and his Prairie Home Companion radio program since the 1970s. And he has a new book entitled Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel. We caught up with Garrison to chat about his new book and the beginnings of the radio program that brought the fictional town of Lake Wobegon to life. It's an interesting novel in that I go to funerals of people I went to high school with, my my best friends. I give a eulogy, and it's such a good eulogy that I'm asked to deliver the eulogies at other funerals, including people who I never cared for whatsoever. That's author and humorist Garrison Keillor, whose new book, Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel, comes out April 11th. See Garrison Keillor live on stage May 2nd at Red Rocks Amphitheater. Keillor will be joined by iconic artists, including country music star Brad Paisley, soprano Ellie Dean, Elvin Bishop's Big Fun Trio, vocalist Heather Massey, and many more. Enjoy a live show filled with Lake Wobegon stories, humor, music, and audience sing-alongs. Red Rock Amphitheater, May 2nd. Reserve your seat today. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour of the program. Coming up, there's more fear being spread around about a bird flu. Aria's got that story. Yeah, I don't know how much fear-mongering is actually doing. It's more like another one of these massacres, one of these holocausts in the animal kingdom that, we're, that we've been seeing over and over throughout the last you know, few years that just tend to sort of get ignored. But obviously the reason they're doing it is because they're they're terrified of bird flu, avian flu, whatever they're calling it these days. We can talk about that on the way here, Uh, plus more on the discussion about Twitter. Elon Musk buying in at over 9% ownership of the publicly owned media corporation or a social media corporation we'll talk about you know what is he up to what's the strategy or what could be the strategy here is and uh, nobody is alleging that people should consider forming some sort of a group to try to take control of twitter and we'll, that doesn't constitute an allegation it's a suggestion we'll talk about that uh is that as is it a good idea but first let's go to your phone calls and thoughts dan is in nebraska you're on free talk live hello dan Thanks, you guys. Um, so I was listening uh, to your guys' segment from mostly before the last one about Ukraine and Russia, and I did I did find some of your takes a little problematic. Okay, why is that? So that's an interesting is, word. What do you mean? Just go ahead. Okay, first the first thing is that I don't. 
I don't think that you should be trying to equalize the credibility that both Russia and the United States have when as far as credibility goes, you know, Russia has as a as a country anyways has a lot less of it than the United States. Why? You're absolutely right. They have a lot yeah. less betrayal and outright lying to their populations than the United States I government does. Don't that's completely no, untrue, Ari. Are you saying the untrue. current Russian government? Are you excluding the Soviet government from that? I, I certainly am. I, I mean, the Russian government has not gone after any journalist for releasing do- evidence well, of war crimes you know or anything that's like that. That's not the, the oh, yeah, Russian so government's Russian gone after a lot of journalists. Right? Yeah. yeah. And we can't just allege that. Give me an example. Right, right. The because Russians I give you did an shut down uh, the liberal radio station and the liberal TV station, but they didn't. Uh, apparently they, didn't they didn't arrest anyone them over it. Um, but the, the, look, we don't live there, Arya. I don't think mm. you should be able to just claim across the board that ma- you know. He's look making, at their treatment no, no, no. of Pussy Riot at their That's true. Room. They locked them in prison. I, I understand where the two of you are coming from. Yeah. And you're right. And under normal circumstances, I wouldn't say that the Russian government was more credible. However, the caller here is saying that the United States government is clearly more credible, and he has no evidence either. Well, yeah, that's a ridiculous okay, claim. So, I mean, they're both governments. They're both I'm just liars. countering his claim. The United States has an incredible you government. You guys are trying to say that it's all a wash, and it's not just a wash. Okay, one of these governments has there are so many levels of um, accountability you know there are different ways that the different branches the different people in the departments make sure that the information they get is the best. <laughs> who, who has been held accountable for our war crimes in iraq which one? Oh, okay yes off, that's a good place to start which one no 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 i i'm sorry you guys, when you say war crimes, you're not, I don't think in many of these cases that you're actually talking about war crimes as most people would. How about it. the murders call, of journalists call, as exposed by Julian Biden Assange? A war criminal, for you to call Biden a war criminal is obviously not taking the term war criminal very seriously. He's complicit in war crimes war because crimes, he's. What, go ahead. He's complicit in war crimes because he has an absolute responsibility to prosecute the war crimes that took place under earlier administrations. And instead of doing that, he is participating in a cover up by by continuing to demand the extradition of Julian Assange instead of looking into war crimes that were exposed by Julian Assange and prosecuting the perpetrators. I understand your question about this. Assange aside, the the president has no jurisdiction to investigate anything. That would be on Congress, not the president. He has oh no, there's a whole investigate He's got the Department of Justice. He he runs the executive branch. That makes him commander in chief of the military, which there are military investigative units that should be investigating US war crimes. He is he runs the 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 uh, district attorneys okay the 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 department of justice could look into this they're too busy with crypto six though so they don't yeah they're busy prosecuting (laughs) us when there are war criminals that we know about that haven't been touched yeah and you're just blowing it off dan like it's no big deal how about the which government i'm trying to remember which government lied about weapons of mass destruction in iraq Oh yeah. They didn't they they were not lying about it. They were just wrong, but being <laughs> What makes you think they were lying. telling it's the truth? The same thing as lying. Did you just graduate from like a high school history class? I mean because you're just the level no. of ignorance that you're portraying here is just shocking to me. 
No, you guys. No, you guys are making the word words like war crimes do a lot of work here. And what you're doing is does the murder does the does the uh, murder of civilians constitute a war crime? Um, to be honest, I don't know necessarily. Yes, how the yes, it does. How about the murder of journalists? It sounds like it would be a war crime. It yeah. does sound like that. Well, that's exactly what Julian Assange uncovered: war crimes. And until Biden takes uh, some responsibility and some action against U.S. war crimes, I am not going to take him seriously talking about anybody's war crimes. How about Abu Ghraib? That's an mm, obvious example. No, yes, they made the person who who was head of the prison at that time the new CIA director. Have you heard of Abu Ghraib, Dan? How old were you at the time? I I'm 23 right yeah, now, so you were barely yeah, but, uh, out of diapers. Well, look in look into Abu Ghraib. There's uh, th- I mean, they're not teaching anything in in the public schools. So now that you're out, it's time to learn about learn about the world. Right. And one of the things so, you need to know is right now your government is doing things that you think only other people's governments do. Okay. Okay. Now I'm not saying the United States never does anything in the ballpark of any of the things Russia's government does, but as far as the Russian campaign to spread disinformation to other countries, which is like what they're doing with this whole Bucha thing, that is something the United States does not do. (laughs) Well, have have you ever heard of COVID nineteen? I mean, that's all they did. How many lies did they spread? Uh, well, okay. What, cause what sort of disinformation did they spread about COVID-19? Let's hold up, see. Hold up, because that's All a speculation. All the vaccines are completely safe, and if you think there might be a All side right. effect, you're a conspiracy theorist and a lunatic. Okay? Masks are effective. Uh, yes. Uh, we can give them the, an actual factual the one, The origin of COVID-19 was a wet market and not the U.S.-funded Chinese bioweapons lab that just <laughs> happens to be located eight miles from the wet market. <laughs> well, what about the Tuskegee experiments? Oh, yeah. Now you're going uh, a little bit further back. Right, but, but we're going that into are, solid are factual territory at that point. Do you know what those were, sir? But yeah, I know what the Tuskegee experiments Can you recap were. for us? If I remember correctly, that's when uh, I think some black people were given HIV by like some type of department like the CIA or something, and they did like test out a medicine. You're close. It was syphilis, and, and oh. they were then... Uh, they were then not treated, even though tr- syphilis is easily treated with, with antibiotics. So they watched them decay physically and mentally. And instead of treating them, they just took notes. Okay, then you have MK Ultra, in which uh, people, U.S. citizens, innocents, were given psychedelic drugs, which I myself enjoy. Wait, what does this have to do with information that they're using to against other governments i'm talking about we're talking about russian this russia saying that ukraine made disinformation in the case of this of the bucha can we come back to like how they're what they're doing like lies they're giving to other countries when oh so so lies to us don't count um (laughs) let's talk about that when we come back can you stick with us i'll hold on to dan here we can continue there's no doubt that the russian government is lying to its own people that's what governments do Sure. And to act like the U.S. government is somehow less culpable 
for lying to people is just completely ignorant to the way things are. The number is 603-283-6160. You can join us here. It is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. See you, nobody in Aria in the studio here tonight. Don't forget, you can join us online anytime you want. And you can help support the show over at amps.freetalklive.com like Dale has done. Dale is a gold-level supporter of the AMPS Patreon. Gold meaning that she's doing at least 10 bucks uh, per month to help us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. Help us get the ideas of liberty on more great radio stations around the country. We've got over 190 stations that air the show at various times throughout uh, any given week. We can hit more than that. We can do 250 or 300. It is possible, but it does take time. It does take effort. Uh, and it takes a little bit of money, too. So we appreciate Dale and the rest of the Free Talk Live amps over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. We go back to Dan in Nebraska. Dan, you're back on Free Talk Live. And nobody you asked to hang on to Dan yeah. here. Uh, well, guys, specifically to other countries, and I guess we should recap a little bit. Yeah. We've been, uh, the allegation has been made, or, or the statement has been made, that the United States is has less of a tendency to lie to other countries than uh, the Soviets, or I'm sorry, the Russians. Um, and I'm assuming that we're excluding the uh, the Soviet Union uh, from that, which was famous for its uh, tendency Dishonesty. to lie. Um, yeah, I'm not going to defend the Soviet Union. Okay, okay. yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Um. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm not even going to prosecute them. They're dead, and let them rest in hell. Um, but the uh, uh, a couple of of incidents that I can think of off the top of my head are one was called the Gulf of Tonkin uh, uh, incident, which was our excuse for entering into Vietnam, if I recall correctly, That's correct. in which they claimed that the Vietnamese had, had sunk a ship in the Gulf of Tonkin, which they did not sink. Um, there was... In order to get people to want to go to war. Right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, usually the the target of disinformation is your own um, is your own population. There is also the sinking of the Maine, which caused us to enter into the Cuban American War, I think, or the Spanish American War. I don't um, recall. Uh, but it was a again the sinking of a ship that uh that did not happen uh the way they claimed and that provided us with an uh, excuse for war um it's uh it's it's very common i certainly can't uh can't list all of them and you have to remember that we are exposed yellow cake uh, yellow, oh yeah. yeah, well that was the weapons of mass, uh, weapons of mass destruction. Which he blew off as a mistake, and uh-uh, that uh, was a straight up lie. Yeah, I mean, there were, uh, 
there's it seems clear that they were lying and they knew they were lying and that um i i can't remember exactly what the evidence was but uh colin powell was famous for going in and uh and making some statements to the u.s congress which were false and any statement made to the public is made not only to your population but also to the rest of the world we were trying to strong arm every nation in 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 the world into our war with iraq and i'm 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 saying we uh although i do not uh take um you mean the I United mean, States federal the, government? The, the government is 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 not my circus, and and the politicians are not my monkeys. But uh, but that's that's just a few, and all of the incidents well, that I, well, that that I talked about earlier, MK nobody, Ultra. Nobody, do you not think that to an extent, but that Americans, but maybe the governments of the time and the people of the time have never apologized for some of these older ones, and even the Iraq-related debacle. But, you know, the people in America largely, and also even a lot of people who've held, like, high public offices have come to terms with the truth about these events, that they were mistakes. We There has been truth and reconciliation for many of the unfortunate uh, situations like this that have come about as a result of the United States. Russia, however, Russia, however, has been tar- make, has been doing targeted disinformation attacks, trying to influence the elections in other countries, including the United States. Oh, the United States would never influence another country's elections. <laughs> you you do realize that a lot of Russia Gate was actually a Hillary Clinton disinformation campaign. That's a conspiracy theory, dude. Uh, it's well, actually, Sorry. she's got a lawyer indicted right now for lying to the FBI, claiming that he was not representing any client when he delivered the Steele dossier to them, when actually he was billing hillary clinton for that time so what you think is a conspiracy theory those are the lies that we haven't proven yet the government doesn't admit to the lies that it tells until it thinks that the american people will be ready to reconcile themselves to it or until it thinks the american people will go oh well that, that was a long time ago that they, they just made some mistakes back then well i want yes. to focus on a different aspect of this dan all right let's accept your premise that Russia's way worse than the United States. Okay. Now what? Okay, so are you talking about in the grand scheme of the whole Ukraine scenario, or are we talking about the, how our response to the Busha thing should be? Well, I don't know. You were the one calling in about this, making okay, claims okay, that okay, Russia okay. was okay. so well, much worse, and then we so gave that, all kinds of case, examples of the look, horrors of the United States government. Well, I'm not... I'm not Making, I'm not here to make a really specific like type of prescription for action from the government. What I'm saying though is that your guys' claims that this is probably fake, that Russia's claims that it's probably fake are just as good as the claims of global journalists and Western <laughs> fact checkers who have looked into these matters. 
is I mean, that's, I guess, where the problem is really for me. When you say this look- happened today, <laughs> what Western fact checkers are you talking about? Russia pulled it out four days ago. Today. Yes, it did. Today is the fourth. So uh, th- th- this is, they pulled out four days ago, right? That's what they say. Yeah. So yeah. this happened today. Over the weekend, allegedly, the massacre had occurred. Yeah, or after like the that. Russians had pulled out, then the media came in and they were like, oh, look, suddenly there's all these dead bodies. And Russia's saying, hey, look, no, investigate it. And Ukraine's saying, Russia did this. I don't yeah. know why you. I'm more inclined Russia, to believe Russia, Russia in that scenario. Actually said in Russia's own statement, they said that it was because a battalion of neo-Nazis came in and shot civilians up after they already left. Okay. Well, you do know that the Ukraine has handy and available for use battalions of neo-Nazis, right? He denies that. We've we've brought that up with him. You're before, not aware of the Aziz um, faction, Azov, I think Azov. Yeah. Okay, faction yeah. that was uh, that grew out of the World War II Nazi uh, collaborators, yeah. and that until recently you could not praise on Facebook because they were Nazis. Uh, Dan, thanks for the call tonight. We didn't say we agreed with what the Russians were saying. We've always said we don't know what the truth is. But one thing's for sure, I don't believe the Western journalists that you seem to give all the credit to. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind here. The number 603-283-6160. What does Elon Musk have in plan for Twitter, or can he do anything with 9.2% of the public stock for the mega big tech corporation that he just bought into? Apparently, I guess it was before... Apparently it was earlier today, like in the, what do they call, after hours trading or something like that. He bought a huge chunk of Twitter stock. Price jumped up by about 25, 26% as a result of that. But I did mention earlier, and we're going to talk about that more, uh, but I did mention that Jack Dorsey, the former CEO of Twitter, current CEO of Square, uh, had said something kind of surprising the other day, just a couple days ago, on his Twitter profile. He says, quote, The days of Usenet, IRC, the web, even email with PGP were amazing. Yes. Centralizing discovery and identity into corporations really damaged the internet. I realize I'm partially to blame and regret it. He's absolutely right about that. Um, And, you know, a lot of the uh, technologies that I think about uh, when I'm thinking about, for example, how to decentralize cell 411 um, would be better served by things like passing messages through Usenet. Mm. Okay. Because Usenet um, was a situation, it was a federated. Um, still exists. Yeah, it's, it still exists. It's it's pretty much overrun by, by spam. But uh, but it doesn't matter because you know it wouldn't. What I'm thinking about wouldn't involve subscribing to new groups. But basically, anybody could set up a Usenet server, mm-hmm. and again, you don't get your feed from one single place. You you would connect, or or back in the day, you didn't. You would connect to many different Usenet servers, and when your server connects, it says. 
okay, I have these messages and I need those messages. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you have that I don't have? What do I have that you don't have? And because there are many, um, because you're doing this with, with many groups, uh, you can't firewall it because as soon as you hit a server that has a message, it flows past whatever censorship has been um, has been put in place, mm-hmm. and that's why the phrase was coined by a uh, uh, I can't remember his name anymore, but he was a libertarian who was involved in the in the initial development of the internet, and he said the net interprets censorship as damage and, and routes, routes around, around it. it. I hope Jack Dorsey isn't beating himself too much. I think the centralization of the internet, as we've seen it over the last few years, was sort of a natural progression of the concepts. And I think the decentralization of it is the next step in mm-hmm. the progression in the concept that is the internet. Or the just re-decentralization. Like, right. Yeah. Just like, you know, we saw the internet expand into these these ad trackers that were Google, Facebook, and Twitter became, you know, the ultimate gateways through which everyone else found everything else on the internet. Mm-hmm. We're going to see a movement away from all of that, the ads on YouTube, the the ads the everywhere, and we're going to see more movement toward basic early Web 1.0 style websites, I think, where you're just going to go to a website, you're going to get the content you're, you want, you're not going to see 18 different social media share bars and 13 different ads and 15 different ad sponsored um Okay, what about web advertisements? Three? What about what about this see, web were, three? See, that's what, that's what's beautiful. The the techies, the big tech mm-hmm. companies like Google and all of these others, they want web three to be all about you know NFTs and blockchain and stuff like that. I just don't see it happening. I think web three is going to be a lot. It's going to look a lot more like web one than two Um, what is web three though? I don't know. Is that what they're calling? Because the guy who the guy who developed um, the HTTP uh, protocol and the HTML markup language um, is involved with a. He's trying to start a new generation of the internet. Is that what you're calling? I don't think Web so. Three. I think Web three is just another one of these buzzwords like metaverse. Or NFTs or whatever. They're just like, it's going to be this next big thing. It's going to be great and everyone's going to love it. But it's so badly defined or vaguely defined that it's meaningless to us as a concept. Coindesk has taken a crack at uh, defining it here. This is an article from December of last year. Updated, actually, apparently within the last week. Uh, What is Web3? Well, they say to understand Web3, we have to understand what came before. So they talk about Web1, which you just kind of identified, Aria, this sort of yeah, static... guest books and all of that great stuff. You go to a website, mm-hmm. you sign their guest book. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was old remember school stuff. that the stuff that, uh, that Dorsey is talking about is not Web1. It's before Web1. It existed before there mm-hmm. was an HTTP about protocol. Usenet and things like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, Usenet and that kind of thing predate the web. Correct. Uh, so they point out that websites weren't particularly interactive back in the, you know, like the late 90s. You couldn't do much apart from just read things and publish basic content for others to read. Uh, Brian Brooks, CEO of Bitfury, put it in uh, this way. He said, if people remember their original AOL account, it was an ability to look in a curated walled garden at a set of content that was not interactive, but was presented to you on AOL in the way that Time Magazine used to show you the articles they wanted you to see inside of their magazine. Just you could see it on a screen. 
Web 2 came next. Some people call this the read-write version of the internet, in reference to computer code that lets you both open and edit files rather than just view them. The version of the internet, or this version of the internet, allowed people to not only consume content, but create their own and publish it on blogs like Tumblr, internet forums, and marketplaces like Craigslist. Later, the emergence of social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, took content sharing to a new uh, new heights. So, and I would call that Web three because really, the there was a huge change. Um, it, it's a whole new generation when you go from uh, Blogspot um, Which Google to Facebook. Later. Yeah, um, from MySpace, Blogspot, and all of those to Facebook yeah. and Twitter. You're, you're right. There My, was a My huge MySpace is almost in between, but I would say I would put it in the category with, with Facebook and, and Twitter because it's primarily user-created content. So Facebook and it was and, it was meant for end users to connect and find one another and actually you know not get ads right. served to them. I don't think there were ads on MySpace yeah. back in the day. And what makes more sense is for everybody to be operating their own server and for those servers to speak to each other. But we went in a more centralized direction with these mega corporations like mm-hmm. Facebook, Google, and and the like. Uh, they say after a while, the central or the general public became cognizant about the way their personal data was being harvested by tech giants and used to create tailored ads and marketing campaigns. Facebook, in particular, has been on this uh, has had the spotlight shown on it innumerable innumerable times for breaching. Why, as you've pointed out, man, they are so terrible at it. Like I ended up buying tickets for incarceration, which is a music festival back in July, and the next day. Facebook serves me ads for this. I'm like, oh, yeah, it dude, happens all the time. some poor company wasted money to have this advertisement served to me after I already I bought see it tickets to it. Not yeah. just on Facebook, it's, all over the web. All the ads, it's always stuff I've already purchased. Yeah, it's horrifically bad. The uh, They got hit with a fine for it. Anyway, although Web 2 has brought the world amazing free services, a lot of people have grown tired of the new walled gardens these huge tech companies have created and want to have more control over their data and content. This is where Web 3 comes in. Web3 can be understood as the read-write-own phase of the internet. Rather than just using free tech platforms in exchange for our data, users can participate in the participate in the governance and operation of the protocols themselves. This means people can become participants and shareholders, not just customers or products. And so what he sounds like he's talking about here is decentralized finance would be an example, I think, of of Web 3.0. A decentralized autonomous organization uh, would be an example, something that gives the user governance over the thing that they're interested in. I think that's what tech companies want Web 3.0 to be. I just don't think that's what the people want. But we're going to continue here. We'll talk about what do you think Web3 is, because you're hearing it all over the place, like uh, the whole metaverse thing. Uh, The number is 603-283-6160. You can also join us and bring up whatever's on your mind. We'll talk about uh, Elon Musk. Is he going to be taking over Twitter? This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, and the phones are open. If you want to join the show here, we're talking a little bit about tech. Uh, what is Web 3.0, for instance? And is Elon Musk going to be taking over Twitter? He's got 9.2% of the stock at this point, and maybe he plans to buy more. Who knows? Or maybe other people will throw their lot in with him. Uh, and this could be existing Twitter stockholders. If you think Twitter is going to make more money um, 
as a free speech pro, uh, platform or if you have an interest in free speech in its own right and you hold Twitter, you chances are Elon Musk will accept a proxy. Now, uh, if can Elon, you imagine what Elon Musk could have done with $3 billion in promotion of the Mastodon network? Well, okay. he Mastodon. couldn't have gotten the mainstream population on it. That's the problem is what you're buying when you buy Twitter is you're buying the audience, not the senders, but the receivers. Yeah. And that's the strongest argument you've made. Nobody as far as his tactics here. And we're going to get deeper into that. But I, just to talk further about what Web 3 is versus Web 1.0 and 2.0 is what we were just talking about a moment ago. And I would argue you can't define Web 3 yet. Because it's in, not here yet. Yeah, in in order to to define Web three, we have we have to see it adopted. Mm. Be, so these are suggestions about what Web three should be. Well, I mean, there are decentralized autonomous organizations. Uh, Dash, for instance, the cryptocurrency was the the first arguably decentralized autonomous organization. There have been many others since then. Now there's one called Assange DAO, which raises money to try to help Julian Assange. Yeah, but no uh, one is going to try to say that Dash is Web 3.0, right? Well, I think they would if they, if we're holding to this definition of well, they are ownership a, of they are a thing that could run on Web 3.0, but they themselves are not Web 3.0. Web 3.0 well, is this great big even fake web. concept. They're not even web. There's there's a thing sure. that the web does, which is allow you to publish content and access content that other people have published, and that's not what Dash does. Well, there are so, aspects that are available on the web. For instance, if you're a Dash masternode, you can go to uh, websites that allow you to easily interact by submitting... Uh, what do they have? Proposals that they can all vote on. And so there's mm. some web interaction. Like the governance aspect of these decentralized organizations is almost always done over the web. Yeah. I mean, I guess my main issue with, with what this article is saying is it sounds like their uh, their description of what Web 3.0 is is a business model, whereas, you know, the the whole idea of decentralized organizations where the web 1.0 and 2.0 were not business models they were mm-hmm. uh they were technical ways of publishing and accessing content yeah but see these people don't care about that what they're interested in is creating this this new paradigm filled with buzzwords like metaverses and nfts and all mm-hmm. these new exciting fresh concepts that they're just going to throw in this catch-all term that they're calling web 3.0 and it's going to wow everyone and everyone's going to love it that's what they're mm. talking about here. Coindesk, it sounds like they have a more concrete example of what exactly what sort of things may exist in Web 3.0. But Web 3.0 itself is just this vague concept of glorious ideas that tech companies want to put forward and they want people mm. to adopt. But there's no evidence to suggest. They just certainly like, want a, a uh, venture capitalist to invest in their Web 3.0 ideas. Yeah, and just like with the mm. metaverse, there's absolutely no evidence that the average person is remotely interested in this stuff. NFT, still no evidence. The average person, the, the average person is interested in making money because they're seeing all of these people. These people making money off these tulip bulbs. So they're interested in that aspect. But the technical aspects of NFTs, dude, they don't care. Just like well, they no don't one care ever cares the- about the technical aspects of things. I mean, when you flip the light Nobody switch does. on, you don't you don't care about how the energy gets from point A to point B and you know turns the light on or whatever. You just care that it works. Right? Yes, but it's very easy to flip a light switch. It's significantly harder to purchase an NFT. True. 
That's true. And it is a pretty early days as far as this technology is concerned. Well, also, it's more useful to flip a light switch because you get light. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> they say here that uh, the Web 3.0 concept of read, write, own is that users can participate in the governance and operation of the protocols themselves. This means people can become participants and shareholders, not just customers or products. In Web3, these shares are called tokens or cryptocurrencies, and they represent ownership of decentralized networks known as blockchains. If you hold enough of these tokens, you have a say over the network. Holders of governance tokens can spend their assets to vote on the future of, say, a decentralized lending protocol. Uh, according to their expert quote. I I tend to agree with your assessment here. They're they're trying to get big investors into this, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I don't don't see any utility this has for the average person who just wants to post about their their grandkids' vacation or whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, how many people who use Twitter, to take this back to Twitter, right? So even though Twitter isn't quote-unquote Web 3.0, how many people want to govern Twitter? Most people wouldn't want to get involved in the the back and forth between the I different sides wouldn't. of the board of directors and backing Elon versus backing the old guard versus, you know, all of the drama. Well, Most people just want to AO, I don't know that that's how things work. You better believe there's people arguing over how the DAO should work, right? Like one that's guy's decentralized got a, autonomous organization. Thank you. Yeah, that's yes. one guy's got a proposal for the future of the organization. He makes a pitch mm-hmm. for it. Some other guy says, "No, that's a terrible idea." And he makes a pitch for it and they have it they have it out over a forum and uh, over we've chat seen rooms. this with dash in the past haven't we sure over there, various proposals dash uh we had a proposal once that free talk live would get advertising from dash and we did for uh for a period of time and and then at some point somebody said that that wasn't you know a good good way to spend the the money and so then we didn't and the organization made a different choice and that's fine it's just sure. that how many people want to be involved in the minutiae of running an organization i think you're right about that aria i think most people will have no interest whatsoever in web 3.0 um well i don't know most people don't write code for linux but a lot of people use it and sure. if i'm understanding correctly and and it doesn't it doesn't need everybody to be to be writing code for it right so it may well, well be does. that what this what they're describing here is how web 3.0 will be delivered um or how it will be governed rather than what it will produce because what you're looking the the consumer product is definitely not the ability to write to write protocols or to no doubt. argue over protocols most people don't even know what a protocol is or to argue over marketing the protocol or to argue over you know who to hire to write the that's all these things are right. things that these decentralized right. so so what he's groups do. what he seems to be doing is akin to describing what twitter is by describing stockholder meetings and and preferred stock mm-hmm. and and things like that but but that's not what Twitter is. That's it's right. how it's governed. But that's what he's arguing here. Now, of course, this is coming from CoinDesk, which obviously is a website that's all about uh, cryptocurrency. But whenever I've read anything about Web 3.0, it's always focused on this decentralization of governance, basically, of things that you can, instead of just being a user mm. of a thing, could be a part of of how that thing operates under Web 3.0. That's been my experience yeah. as well. But if 51% of that DAO decides that, you know, we don't want Twitter to actually publish content anymore. It sounds like what they're trying to do here is just create 
a new method to sort of figure out what the market wants and to implement that instead of just letting the market tell them what it wants, as markets tend to do. Well, Twitter is popular because it's offering a service that people like. That's the end of the story. You don't need to have a bunch of tokens and well, have people voting on. It's this not is the, the end of sto- end, end of story no. because, and this is how I think this. I didn't article, even finish the point. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You don't need a bunch of people with tokens out there saying, "I vote my token that this is a good feature and that's a bad feature." People will just use the features they like and not use the ones they mm. don't like, and they'll go to companies that have the features they do like and avoid the ones that have the features they don't well, like. Well, but this is about having the company in this case be able to make those decisions without having a board of directors structure. It decentralizes mm-hmm. the decision making of how the companies decide what to you know right. to give to their users and, by going directly to their users and letting them mm-hmm. have the input. And and the advantage of of it is specified on Twitter's biggest unfeature. Their biggest unfeature is that they silence any voice that they don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be very difficult, I think, for an organization which was b- decentralized in both governance and implementation to do that. So, for example, if you were running something where what the equivalent of miners did was serve content rather than crunching numbers... Okay, then if one miner didn't want to serve your content, somebody else could. And that's another another way of looking at what I was describing with the pods. I can't remember if I said that on the air or off the air. We'll continue uh, in moments. Hour number three is coming up. They actually do have a segment here of criticisms of Web3. So we'll touch on that uh, on the way. Plus, uh, Twitter is definitely the old method of doing things with a board of directors. And now is Elon Musk going to be sitting at the board with 9.2% ownership in the company? It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. The phones are open here as we kick off the third hour of this program. You can bring up anything that's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. We're trying to demystify the concept of Web3. What does it actually mean? we got an opinion piece here from Coindesk.com. Basically saying that Web3 allows for ownership of protocols, websites, gaming, uh, various different you know, internet-based content and concepts and servers and such. Uh, by the way, with you tonight, it's Ian. I'm nobody and nobody cares. And Arya. Uh, so you can also weigh in here. We're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. So we also discussed uh, the Russia-Ukraine disagreement over who slaughtered the civilians in one of the towns, I guess, nearby Kiev. Uh, Or whether or not there even were civilians slaughtered. Yes, indeed. And Elon Musk, is he going to be taking over Twitter? It would be so hard to make that argument in the presence of life civilians, though. Indeed. He's got uh, 9.2% now of the... None of them were sufficiently terrified. ...of the ownership of uh, Twitter, so we can get into that, too. But first, we go to Jack. He's in uh, Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live. Jack. Well, I'd just like to make a point about those civilians that were killed. They were killed not by one government, but they were killed by governments. That line of civilians, did you ever see that video? What 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 video? The civilians in Ukraine that are dead on the street. No, I have not seen the video. Have you? Yeah, there's like one picture of it. Hmm. Okay, that's not a video, though. 
No, okay. One, you, there is video of it, but it's only one street. What I'm trying to say is there's supposedly all these dead civilians everywhere. Mm-hmm. Where are they? I've seen one picture. Have Good you question. seen Wag the Dog? Yeah, no, this is what's happening. And some of the people tied up, they had white scarves. If you ever see the videos, look at their what hands videos? on their back. Uh, videos and there's video and there's uh, pictures. But Wait, the, there's video the scarf, and pictures? I thought you said there was only one picture. No, I, I, I said videos. They're using the same one over and over again. There's oh. no, like, uh, there's no other photos. It's always the same street. Hmm. It's like that. It's like they laid them there and to make a false flag for a photo op. A photo so op. is like so notorious you're saying that perhaps those. instead of getting killed, people just got laid. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I've seen one of these images here. Uh, there's an image of two bodies in the street in Bucha on Saturday. They say this is CNN.com. A portion of this photo has been blurred to protect the victim's identity. Oh, how convenient. Yeah, yeah, I'm not used yeah. to them doing that for that's know, the sort victims. of thing that you want in video evidence. Right. So you can say, hey, that's my brother. Identify right? who like, that is. Like, oh, that's my sister. That's my brother. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, you know, they're dead. I can't reach mm-hmm. them anymore. I was wondering what happened, but now we don't know who these people Otherwise, are. Otherwise, they're like, that's yeah, Nan. Like she lives right down the street. She's still alive. Yeah. She gave me cocoa <laughs> earlier this afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Zelensky tied their hands up, I think, after they were dead. And took pictures and showed it off to try to get more uh, support from the other evil governments in the world, us included. Mm-hmm. It, it's a big old weird thing. It's like, it's like television and Netflix all wrapped into real life, real blood. You know. It's well, he worked for Netflix apparently, or I'm not sure when Netflix's oh. involvement was, but they've put his television show. He's making money from Netflix. We we could say because they put oh, Zelensky's yeah. television show on Netflix. The one that he did before, he, yeah, the one he did before he actually became president, where he becomes president in the television show. Yeah, wow. I mean, come on, you can't write this stuff. Apparently, yeah, he, they he's did. Like Mr. Bean too. He's really good. I mean, he was funny. I watched uh, three episodes of it. It's uh, uh, subtitles, so it's tough to follow. It's not dubbed over, uh-huh. but he, it's really good for a Eastern European Ukrainian show. The first season is available on Netflix. There you go. I mean, he, yeah, kind of weird, right? Thanks, Jack, for your call tonight. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. The number is 603-283-6160. It is very strange, but that's yeah, reality. If, if, they, if they just keep reusing the same footage and if the same footage is being shared with all the news networks, um, that would that would make me very suspicious, which, well, not that I didn't start out suspicious, but... That would that would tend to reinforce my suspicions. Also, remember that uh, that uh, Biden, before the invasion either even happened, said that uh, Russia was going to uh, cook up a false flag um, in order right. to justify the the invasion. And usually, governments accuse other people of the things they do. True. Uh, all right, so back to Web3. So we got a sub summary of what Web3 is to bring you up to speed. According to Coindesk.com, they say Web3 is different from Web2 because Web2 is very centralized, big mega corporations kind of took over. And now they're going to allow Web3 allows the users to essentially become investors if they want to be, become governors 
uh, of whatever platform we're talking about to literally set the rules, set the policy by selling the platform sells tokens and the investors can individually buy those tokens. And then the more tokens you have, the more voting power that you have over the system. I just realized why this is such a terrible idea. Trolls. The only people interested in doing this and having, you know, stake ownership in the Twitter NFT or whatever that allows them voting rights are going to be trolls. But a lot of trolls don't want to pay. A lot of trolls just want to post. They don't want to actually put any skin in the game. Yeah, I mean the the whole point of of Twitter is, or, or the whole point of Twitter, the whole point of trolling is create a conflict with somebody else and then just watch the fun, but not have to do it do it yourself. I mean, well, the, it's to create conflict between A and B, and then sit back and then watch them fight each other. But right. usually, you want to do it without having to pay anything. Yeah, now. you don't I mean, want to pay for the resources that A and B are. are consuming now my it's a matter of investment right it's it can be done i'm not saying that there will be no trolling but you cut down on the amount of trolls to only the most serious trolls who are actually willing to invest their own money in their trolling beyond just you know some random posts on some free forum or or platform yeah i mean and trolls have to move around because if trolls just take over one place then nobody will go there Except the trolls. Chat.freetalklive.com. <laughs> um, which, which is that? Is that the That's Matrix? That's the Matrix, full of trolls. Oh, yeah. And it's fun. And, well, that, the mean, thing no, is... It used to be, but... Uh, I use it, but I mostly just make my, my own forum well that's the nice thing about the matrix is you can you don't have to play in their rooms you can make your own room and you can keep them out if you want to i mean when it was discord it was a lot of fun because we had a lot of really clever amusing trolls but i don't know if it's just that you know we're three i'm three years into this so i'm just now seeing that you know people are posting the same crap over and over and over thinking themselves original and creative or if it's that the clever ones didn't migrate to matrix but it's They've got four different jokes, and they just alternate between them indefinitely. (laughs) So the main criticism of Web3 technology is that it falls short of its ideals. According to Coindesk.com, ownership over blockchain networks is not equally distributed, but concentrated in the hands of early adopters and venture capitalists. A public spat recently erupted on Twitter between Block Incorporated CEO Jack Dorsey and various venture capitalists regarding Web3. Block Incorporated? Yeah, they changed the name from Square to Block. Oh, okay, that's right. I I heard that. Bringing this debate to the forefront. At the heart of the critiques is the idea of decentralization theater, where blockchain projects are decentralized in name, but not in substance. Private blockchains, VC-backed investments, or decentralized finance protocols, where just a few people hold the keys to hundreds of millions of dollars, are all examples of decentralization theater. And despite the supposedly leaderless community of protocols, there are clear figureheads. And then they give some examples like Vitalik Buterin, the co-founder of Ethereum, uh, continues to have over his network, even though he's no longer involved in its development. So there are problems, uh, obviously, here, but they do say that Web3 has a lot of potential. Whether it's too idealistic to put into practice will be something that everyday users will discover over the next decade. How much time... They give video games as an example here. Aria, you do some gaming here and there. How much time of your gaming time do you want to spend governing the game worlds that you game in? If it's like a strategy game? Or you just... 
I'm not sure I understand the question. Like setting all the rules for the game and coming up with, uh, you know, I don't know who to hire for doing the artwork. I'm not sure None. what all the questions None. are. That's why I right. buy games and yeah. I don't create games. Yeah, let somebody else I make those I think it decisions. would be like open source where not every user would be a governor. More coming up. It is Free Talk Live. Phones open if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian Nobody and Aria in the studio here tonight. We're going to go back to your calls and thoughts. And What's happened with the whole Trump social, truth social, as they call it? According to the Daily Beast, it's doing even worse than you probably think that it is. Uh, plus, Jack Dorsey, or sorry, not Jack Dorsey, uh, Elon Musk purchasing 9.2% of Twitter. Uh, what is his goal there? Plus, is the bird flu now the newest fear-mongering thing? We can talk about all those things. Of course, your calls come first here. We go to Sarah. She's in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Oh, thanks for taking my call. I, I just have to uh, let you know that good news, they are putting five mobile speeding units and cameras this afternoon. That is not good news, Sarah. Well, for me, I've been working on this, fighting over this for the last 17 years. It is good for me. Why is it good uh, for you? um, Because, why is it good for me? Because um, You're just going to be hurting your neighbors. Hurting my, no, the speeders and the red light Those are your neighbors. Everyone speeds. Well, everyone speeds, but when it hits a, a school bus and a stop sign and puts <laughs> seven people in the hospital... Going straight to it. Sarah, what's yellow when can't swim? I have no idea. A school bus full of kids. But, but uh, recently, they got killed. I mean, one of the drag racers hit one of the school buses and like nine kids got put in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. That, that's there's no punchline to that one, Sarah. Well, it's just more proof that we don't need government schools. If there was no government schools, then there'd be no government school bus, right? Well, I mean, but no, it's this is meant what makes you think getting safety? rid of speeding uh, or that adding cameras is going to stop people from speeding? Well, you know something. It's just like cameras in the stores that reduces shoplifting. Okay, actually, it, it does help. Uh, studies okay. show that having just like a painting of an eyeball reduces shoplifting far more than any amount really? of security cameras and stuff like that. Yeah, because people just innately feel like they they're, feel being like they're being they watched. They see a, an eyeball, <laughs> even if it's just a painting or a photograph or something. <laughs> that's hilarious. So I instead bet, of doing all of that, be... Sarah, just throw up some paintings of eyeballs, and studies suggest you would probably see fewer speeders. It'd be a lot cheaper, too. You wouldn't have to pay for the tech, right? Because those, right. those cameras with the radar, I'm sure that's they're paying somebody's politically connected company. Some some politicians got a brother that runs the company that makes the you know the speed cameras, and they're getting a huge deal out of the state of New Mexico or Albuquerque or whatever, paying probably millions of dollars to get these uh, these speed cameras installed, and you could just have some you know mass produced eyeball paintings. Yeah, and then no one's getting arrested or fined or anything. What some jurisdictions do is just park empty police cars by the side of the road. That does have an effect. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's true. If you want to well, be I really fancy, put a dummy in. That, 
Well, I'm I'm so happy because they're going to say that end of this year, maybe seven months from now. They said we're going to bring him back seven months from now, and we got him turned on this afternoon. I was ready to jump jump out and 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 you know I was just so happy because they keep yo-yoing around. They say they're going to do something. And it's like, well, maybe maybe three months from now, maybe five months from now. But they well, just got then you'll have on. to let us know if you see a big decline in the amount of school bus deaths. I'm willing to bet that you Sorry. won't. However, I, I did quickly pull up the article that I was thinking about. Is forty mm-hmm. percent uh, was the decline in thefts just from having you know pictures of eyeballs on the wall, <laughs> and not not like but in a creepy way, that, right? Not like wallpaper. How can that not the, be creepy? Not I don't know. Just have a nice wall painting of someone's eyeball, right? <laughs> Well, how about this? You know, most of the cameras that are there, it's decoy, believe it or not. Okay. So then there's only like two cameras that are actually active, but they put the fake, the dome black to fool the customers. They, they make it look like there's actually more active cameras. They're not than customers. They do. They're yeah. victims. <laughs> mm. These are good. These are victims. These are people who are being threatened with violence if they don't pay the fees that they're being demanded from these cameras. Calling taxpayers victim or calling taxpayers customers is like calling rape victims wives. I'm talking about the I'm talking about the in the stores, the shoplifters. What I'm saying, the active, the stores they only have like few, like three active cameras that are really watching, and they have the bogus well, ones. You're not that an expert. Look- you don't work in the loss control industry, do you? No, but I. I this is what my one of my friends that told me. That work in the store. It may be true that some stores it. are that way, and other stores may actually have full coverage of cameras. Is your st- even if you have full camera coverage, it's unlikely that the cameras are fully being watched. Sure, there's usually one guy or something like that, and he can only watch so many at, at once. Thanks, Sarah, for the call tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. You can, of course. Bring up anything that's on your mind. So uh, we were discussing the Twitter situation where Elon Musk has purchased over 9% of the Twitter stock that makes him the number one holder of Twitter stock. Uh, you suggested maybe that would get him a seat on the board of directors? Nobody? Um, well, I think he could probably get one being the number one shareholder in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not unlikely. Um, and also that gives him the number one block to vote at shareholder meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, there are going to be people at Twitter who, who there are people who already hold Twitter stock who are going to be sympathetic to his ideas, either because they care about free speech or because they think Twitter will be more profitable if they stop alienating half the country and throwing them off the off the platform. So, you know, he would probably have uh, allies already. Then the other thing that he could do or that somebody else could do is if he intends to be an active shareholder and he did poll his uh, his Twitter followers before he did this, asking them about what they thought about Twitter as a free speech platform. Um, it looks like uh, detail I got wrong about this. I had said, oh, he bought the stock and then the price jumped up. No, what happened was he had bought the stock many days ago apparently mm-hmm. and then revealed that he'd purchased it to today essentially and that's what jumped the price up or within the last 24 hours yeah. that's what jumped the price up so he may have actually done that poll 
after having purchased the stock. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. And, and the majority of the respondents said that Twitter is uh, is violating the principles of free speech. Yeah, and survey. and you know that that all, all that means is they can see a barn by daylight. <laughs> um, but the uh, I mean the Hunter Biden laptop story, the, Twitter played a huge role in, covering in rigging up. the election. Twitter disinformation rigged the 2020 election, even if the other Democrats didn't. Um, and so it, this is this is vitally important. I don't know if you can say they rigged it, but they certainly did their best to, uh, you know. That's what I was thinking. I'd be more inclined, I think, to vote for the president whose son was out there doing blow and hookers. <laughs> it's not the hookers and blow. It's getting paid off by the Ukraine. Ukrainian oil companies for influence. Now, whose back does Biden have right now? The Ukraine. Coincidence? I don't know. Yeah, more coming up here. You can share your thoughts at 603-283-6160. Bring up whatever's on your mind on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open here, and you can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Aria. You can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we have for you there. That's freetalklive.com. We have archives, by the way. You can download episodes of the show going back for many years all for free at freetalklive.com you can also follow our podcast by subscribing just get the rss feeds over at feeds.freetalklive.com we have different feeds that may fit different demands there's the full show uh, full archive everything that's in the uh, the podcast there's that version there's the digest only and then there's the shows only uh, you can go and get any one of those or more than one for free over at feeds.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Jay Noon calling us from New Hampshire. Jay, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Uh, So I got like a couple-minute little uh, rant here, sort of. Um, Can you hear me okay? Yeah. All right. So uh, you ever see something for the first time and you can't unsee it? Sure. Like buying a specific car and you see the same car again everywhere? Yeah. Listeners might know. Uh, my family is under attack by New Hampshire DCYF, so I have spent most sent most of my livestock to a friend's farm and spent about 60 hours uh, of research so far into DCYF. The massive amount of cover-ups, corruption, they lose kids, they hang kids, pedophiles, and murderers. And, by the way, uh, the video of them trying to come to your house is over at freekeen.com. So anybody that heard your call a few days ago when you were talking about that, uh, if they want to see what actually happened, it's about a five-minute-long video, and it is there at freekeen.com. You handled that well. Thank you. Yeah, I haven't um, – uh, my wife did not like the part where I said I got to get off the couch, put down my beer, and shut off the television because <laughs> – you don't two, watch television. Two are false. Yeah, I don't own a television, and uh, I don't own any beer. <laughs> I don't even like beer. I thought about that when you said it. I was like, I can't imagine Jay Noon sitting on the couch in front of a television <laughs> drinking beer. I just, I just don't see it. I didn't think about it in that capacity, but now that you mentioned that, yeah, I can't, I can't see it. 
it's kind of an inside joke with uh, Ernie Hancock and I. Ernie says, they're going to make you, make you. They're going to make you. Get off the couch, put down your beer, and shut off the TV and go do something. Yeah, um, I, I caught so it yeah. as more of a statement about the average American and what they right. aren't doing. But, yeah, I definitely see how could, someone could misinterpret uh, that statement. So I want to go on here. I prepared this so I could kind of stay straight with it. Okay. Uh, what I've seen is people are literally being programmed or zombieized or zombatized by big tech. Uh, can, do you guys know how long smartphones been available? Uh, maybe almost 15 years. I think Blackberries were around in like 2008 or so. I think the original yep. iPhone came out in like 2007. Seven, yeah. And uh, so, you know, YouTube's been, uh, I mean, uh, Facebook's 18 years old, Yahoo 28 years old, Apple 46 years old, Microsoft 47. Mm-hmm. And the government gives uh, poor people smartphones for free right now. Uh, and it have been for a long time. Uh, the youth are being zombified by big tech controlled internet devices. Uh, and social media, well, um, uh, you know, the problem I'm, uh, I'm start, where I'm starting to see here is working-age people who have been using big tech-controlled government-subsidized devices from a young age as much as a few months old. Um, so now it, this is why nobody wants to work that's young. I mean, most people under 30 have, have no concept of working or hard work or even care to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is leading to this labor shortage, I believe. Also... Babies are getting their dopamine hits from big tech-controlled devices uh, that friends of Jeffrey Epstein who influence and support these Internet devices. Um, And, you know, there's all kinds of uh, stories on the Internet. If you just Internet search um, dopamine and uh, Internet devicing, it's just page after page on how Internet rewires the brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a dopamine addiction to Internet. Um, And the thing is, is, from the time our babies are born until the time we allow them into the world alone, we moms and dads totally control what they consume. We control their food. We control whatever media they consume. We control everything. So it means we also control how these, these, these kids get their dopamine hits and how they're getting their dopamine hits as their brains are developing is uh, very critical. Uh, we can quite simply keep our kids off of these devices. And, uh, you know, I have a two-year-old girl, a seven-month-old son. And it's amazing how smart they are and how fast they learn. Their brains are developing at a faster rate. And most people don't even realize this. And I don't, the only reason I know is because I'm with them every day. Mm-hmm. Um, Not I true for a lot kids. of parents. A lot of parents, right. of course, are pawning their kids off on those devices. On you know, but it used to be television yep. uh, was the device of choice when a lot of us were growing up, and now it's yep. uh, tablets and things yep. like that. And you know, you say it's easy to keep them off. Well, yeah, maybe at two, age two and seven months. I was thinking the same thing. Once they start to get friends and want to leave the house and go explore the world, they're going to come across devices at some point. Sure. Yeah, I yeah, I believe that. So. I will not allow my kids to uh, look at devices now. I won't allow them to get their dopamine hits uh, from the same people who suppress good old-fashioned American values and freedom while at the same time protecting the pedophile elite. You guys know exactly what that statement means. You know who controls every, all these Internet devices that are in front of the kids. Um, my daughter gets her dopamine hits from feeding chickens, feeding pigs, feeding calves, uh, feeding goats. Uh, she also collects eggs all by herself. 
uh, I built a hmm. I built a toddler friendly chicken coop. So she, because when she was eight oh, months old, oh, you shouldn't old, keep uh, children in coops. <laughs> <laughs> TCYF is making notes right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably are. So like, I, I have a tod- I have her in a toddler carrier. And, you know, since the time, like, whatever, you could put them in there, five months old or something. Mm-hmm. And I have her with me, you know, doing simple farm chores, like, you know, you know, throwing some grains to some animals and getting it, getting the eggs of the chicken coop. Well, at about eight months old, she just starts reaching for the eggs hmm. and puts them in the um, egg, egg crate. And now she just does it all by herself. And she's two. That's great. Uh, she fills up water buckets. She fills up grain buckets. I got her these little grain buckets so she can carry grain and water buckets like dad. And she just loves it. One That's of the awesome, funnest man. Things, one of the funnest things a kid can do is feed a pig. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen pigs when you feed them, like, bread and yogurt and grain. Oh, pigs just love to eat, and they mm-hmm. make all kinds of great noises. I always see them eating donuts. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I leave her with a bucket of water to fill up while I walk a heavy bucket, a couple of heavy buckets of water. Like, where we feed the pigs is about 50 foot from the water thing. And she shuts the water faucet right off when the bucket's right about three quarters so I can carry it and not spill it. Nice. And, um, and if I take, and she'll bring, and, and she doesn't go mess with that water faucet until we need water, and which is really good. A lot of my friends think she was going to be relieving the water on it. She doesn't. Um, hmm. She also helps make meals every day. Uh, she's been cracking eggs on her own to make omelets since she was like 14 months old. You guys, some of you guys, I know Bonnie's seen these videos. Um, and then, like, we have certain items in the refrigerator we allow her to get by herself. Like, she likes to get spinach so we can mix spinach in with the omelets, and she likes to eat apples. In fact, we were in one of the local stores a couple weeks ago, and they got the, all this, like, candy and junk food, and um, these kids are looking at it, and she's in there, and the kids about her age are trying to look at this candy thing, and she walks over to the little deli and just grabs a green pepper and uh, takes a bite out of it and, like, walks <laughs> nice. over to the other kid and tries to, like, give it to this other toddler. And the parents were really cool. You know, some parents freak out. They don't want your kids anywhere near them, but mm-hmm. these guys are cool. And um, the kids, like, had no interest in the green pepper, and my daughter had no interest in the candy. And these wow. kids were, like, five and, um, or, and four, and they're like, well, we let them buy a candy once a week. Oh, wow. Okay. Don't do that. Don't feed your kids candy. Don't feed them, uh, uh, you know, soda. And, and so, Jay, where are we going with all that. this? You've done good raising the kid. Yeah, you're talking to the childless here. <laughs> I'm just amazed, man, because I know adults that I don't trust to crack an egg open. (laughs) Well, where do we go with this? Is is is, uh, man, this is going to be a major problem. We got a lot of people who just their dopamine has just been just raped by uh, big tech. We do, we do. We we can talk about it coming up here uh, in moments. You can share your thoughts because I mean, tech is so much a part of our lives these days. What do we do? Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want in the remaining moments that are happening now. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Breaking news, apparently, according to uh, Keith Ammon, who is a Free State Project uh, mover here to New Hampshire, who is also a Free State, uh, he's a Liberty Rep, a state representative. He is one of the co-sponsors of a bill that was apparently now signed, surprisingly, by the governor, who went on an insane uh, tear of emergency orders during COVID, 
And now, and for those who think that was hyperbolic, no, dude went insane. He was like out there tweeting about how he was being, his life was being threatened because people were protesting and happened to be armed. Yeah, in New Hampshire. But now this very same governor has signed a bill that actually, apparently, it's it's a very short bill, HB four forty, that uh, prohibits the suspension of the uh, the New Hampshire Constitution, the suspension of civil liberties during a, a state of emergency. So that's has good. he grown a conscience? Uh, it is election year, so it could be uh. that you know he's just wants to get reelected. But let's go back to Jay Noon. He's on the line in New Hampshire. He's been uh, been having some trouble with DCYF recently, but that wasn't the reason you were calling tonight. You weren't giving us an update on the situation that you faced, Jay. So, well, um, it's <clears throat> something's been sort of uh, activated in me, and um, <clears throat> you guys know I've been about uh, you know probably ever since you know me um, this uh, building confidence in the youth mm-hmm. because I've been saying for more than a decade, confident people don't need government. But people who lack confidence really want government. And if we have people, if we can, have, can, can raise our, invest in our posterity so they grow up to be confident and they feel like they have self-worth and they have skills and they're not worried about, you know, trying to find a job somewhere or they don't you know, need to go to a college to prove themselves to the world and have, mm-hmm. you know, half a million dollars of college debt and, you know, a job that doesn't pay crap when they get out of college, we're going to be in a lot better place. Um, and Mike Rowe, I've been listening to him a little bit. I don't know if you guys have followed him lately, but... That's the uh, um, Dirty Jobs guy, right? Yep. So he has a scholarship foundation to, like, send kids to trade school. Um, mm-hmm. If you have a welding certificate right now, and, like, anyone could obtain a welding certificate... Um, literally it's like a $5,200 course. It's about six to eight weeks long, depending on when and where, and you're worth about a hundred thousand dollars a year just to show up at a job site with your gloves and your welding helmet right mm. now. Not you don't have, have to actually weld. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you, you use their welder. Like, like for, for example, like, um, uh, Joe Gibbs racing. Uh, they build, uh, racing, all kinds of aluminum stuff. They do a bunch of like, you know, it's a big welding shop. Mm-hmm. You know, the people there are all making like $140,000 a year. These these guys who, um, you know, weld and machine in these, uh, you know, like Sig Sauer and, you know, Smith & Wesson and all that. And you know, even me, like I, 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 re- I charge $125 an hour for whatever work I do. <clears throat> and I do a lot of heavy equipment repair. In fact, I haven't done any work in the past like eight days. And... You know, I have a good skill set, and I put myself, uh, and I set myself up in a position. And also, I'm having kids at an older age too. I'm, you know, I'm 40 when I had my first kid, so it's a lot. Di- you know, I got a lot. I'm very seasoned, and I, you know, have developed my skills quite well. So I can afford to be a full-time stay-at-home dad and literally work like 12 hours a week. Nice. You know, and and um, this is know, the but- difference between someone who plans a family and somebody who just accidents into it correct right yeah i mean you know you guys were all at my wedding um you know you 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 know the deal 
Um, so, so, Jay, yeah. what are we going to do about this? I mean, you've you've correctly identified that uh, people are addicted to devices. Somebody sent me a, a great book while I was in jail uh, last year after we were raided for the uh, the Crypto Six situation, and I was uh, in there, and you were as well. Nobody mm. uh, had a lot of time to read while I was there, and one of them was all about the uh, addiction that people have to uh, to devices. And I'll admit it, I'm, I spend a, probably too much time. Uh, on these devices now of course the excuse is that well i need them for work uh not everybody is in the work with your hands world Uh, but it is something that i'm aware of it's something we've talked about for years here on free talk live and it is definitely something that disproportionately i think affects younger people because as you put it they are literally raised with the device in their hands from age zero these days while their brain is developing like a lot of the reason i think that the college people don't have any critical thinking skills, um, you know, the, the uh, academics is because they have spent their entire brain development years being in some form of government indoctrination camp, so they never had a chance to exercise their critical thinking skills. But there are exceptions. If you grew up on a farm or your mom was an entrepreneur or your mom was like, hey, you're 14, go work at Kmart mm-hmm. and kick you out of the house. You know, I have friends that I have friends that grew up in urban city areas that have great work ethic because their mom and dad was like, Go, you can work now. It's legal for you to work. You're, you're going to Kmart. Kids don't um, even know what Kmart is anymore. Did you know there's only three Kmarts left in the entire United States last I saw? <laughs> wow. You know, the Kmart in Palmer, Massachusetts was really cool because they were so cool about like hiring 14-year-olds. But wow. you know, a lot of the places didn't really want to hire kids. But Kmart was like, yeah, we'll hire you. We'll put you to work. We'll stack boxes. You know, they were they were pretty – a lot of people actually – sort of gave Kmart good reviews that worked there. When, you know, I never worked Kmart because I always had a farm job, but, you know. I did. I worked I there for uh, four, four years of my life. And Definitely not Kmart. Yeah, it was a, I would say it was a, a positive experience. So, Jay, uh, thanks for the call tonight, man. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. It is, it's something that people are going to have to work on to break their addictions to these things and create some sort of a healthy habit. It's not an easy thing because they are very... Uh, addictive the the dopamine hits that he's talking about is a real thing to me it matters what you're doing because i i mean i sit in front of a computer all day every day so do i for generally the most part. for for 20 hours but i'm not sitting there mindlessly scrolling um yeah. down something i check telegram of every few hours and the rest of the time i spend on on a different virtual terminal writing code. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't feel badly about that. Do no, I get shouldn't. dopamine hits from it? I don't know. I think you get dopamine hits whenever you do something successfully. Yeah. Um, I think technically you, you should probably spend more time looking at Telegram and other time-wasting things. Why? <clears throat> Isn't it something like uh, every 40 minutes you're supposed to you know, change tasks, do something? Un- if you're trying to be productive, take a break every half hour or something like that, a 15-minute break. There's some sort of ratio that you're – if you're yeah. working for like three hours straight, mm-hmm. by the end of that third-hour stretch, you're obviously not as productive as you were during the first hour. See, Some I'm people changing. have done these studies and they've worked it out mm-hmm. where like, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's like every 40 minutes you should take a 20 minute break or something mm-hmm. like that. It seems like too long to me, but 
If yeah, you're really into know. what you're doing. I'm changing I'm changing tasks constantly and uh you know, I'll be writing some JavaScript, then I'll be writing some Java, then I'll be, you know, working on the server, working on the on the client. So I never really get burned out on one task and if i do i switch to another task yeah i think maybe it makes difference if you hate what you're doing or not so like maybe Mm. they're studying people who just are working at some sort of mind-numbing job or whatever but like i can think of times when i've edited video for hours at a time and just it's so easy to just put six hours into you know a six minute long video or whatever uh and if I'm into it, then I'm into it. And I, mm-hmm. the only time I'll stop is if I have to hit the bathroom or go get something to eat. But otherwise, I just keep pounding away at it because it's something that's rewarding. Yeah, I mean, that's why I show up here sometimes at, at 7 and I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm starving to death. I have to get food right now. It's because <laughs> yeah. I've been working and I haven't been haven't thought about it. I haven't even known I was hungry. Let's go to uh, Waldog in Michigan listening to WKHM in Jackson. Go ahead, Waldog. Hey, thanks, Ian. Uh, uh, the Biden crime uh, syndicates and uh, and big big problems here because uh, it looks like uh, Tony Bobolinsky's uh, going in front of the grand jury. There, a lot of uh, Hunter's uh, business partners uh, they're either in jail or they're uh, they're floating face down in the uh, Yankees River in, in China. But we're looking at uh, tax evasion, money laundering, commingling the funds. It's uh, it's really, really ugly here, and uh, uh, he got kicked out of the Chateau uh, Morneau uh, during his... He got his, kicked out and, of what? Uh, oh, the the Hollywood Hotel, where it's hard to get kicked out of. I mean, Led Zeppelin was uh, took their Harleys through the corridor, and that's where Bellucci had his speedball and stuff, but... <laughs> You know this guy's this guy's just horrible, man. The, the way he he lives. You're saying he was so um, so much of a problem that they had to kick him out of this hotel. Yeah, he's yeah. he's at another motel. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, we're out of time there. for tonight. But Wild Dog, feel free to call in earlier uh, any other time, and you, you're welcome to talk about whatever's going on with Hunter Biden. Uh, which, you know, of course, there's the laptop uh, and the emails and all that, the photos that have come out. Uh, a lot of the mainstream media denied that that laptop existed, and now they're having to admit that it was actually real. We'll see you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com.